everybody thank you for tuning in for a second week in a row i genuinely appreciate it i'm so excited today we have a friend of mine that i actually met in tulsa oklahoma of all places uh, an exotic locale located in the midwest region of the united states lovely lovely city uh, we bonded over a bunch of stuff rose boats fitness and just friendship overall helene knapp founder of City Row. She has an interesting story. She didn't really love rowing, but now she loves rowing, kind of, uh, but just stumbled upon this amazing business uh, and stumbled across a bunch of hardship along the way that most people probably would have given up on, uh, but she didn't and she's crushing it. It's pretty incredible. I'll stop doing the fluffy intro now and just dive right in with Helene. And here we go. Here we go. Episode four of the Tartar Project with my friend Helene Knapp, founder of City Row. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. Uh, the pleasure is actually all mine. Uh, you so gracefully answered my iMessage request with a resounding yes. I did. I responded yes. <laughs> Very let's, quickly. Let's get too. raw. Let's go. We're getting, oh my God, raw opinion, everything. It's raw. It's raw. great. Amazing. Sushi grade. Sushi grade. Very important. That's a, a nod to the, the food pass now that I don't eat, but um, details. it's very exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Minor details. I guess just jumping right in, where where did you grow up? What's the story? How many brothers, sisters, cats, dogs, rabbits? Okay. Um, yeah, we definitely had a, a frog at one point, but um, grew up in Westchester, Chappaqua, New York. It's so about 50 minutes north of the city, spent mm -hmm. my whole life up there, and then went to Michigan undergrad for an awesome four years at U of M. Good balance of uh, work hard, play hard, with That's an right. emphasis on a late night nacho. Nice. And, <laughs> and pizza. I love a, a late night nacho. Speaking so of not fun. eating, that wasn't happening right. in college. <laughs> right. yeah, I would say the opposite. All the eating, all the eating. All the eating. Pretty chubby kid growing up, but you have know, one younger brother, he is also lives here in the city now. We had a dog. Her name was Cookie. If you're trying to hack into any of my passwords, <laughs> I would strongly recommend you start there. Yeah. She was a great dog. Um, great childhood. Little on the chubbier side growing up. Actually painfully shy, which when you know me now, it's You've actually broken out completely mind-blowing. But, oh, for sure. I would like put paper bags over my head. Like as shy as it, you can get as a young kid. But had a great time in college. Studied abroad. Where? Junior year, Madrid. Oh, very nice. I've never been. Only Barcelona. You know, they have some okay food, but if you're not eating, maybe we take a pause. Yeah. And we go back. I'm tapping back in. We're so I'll leave it surely. Yeah. You want to be able to drink a lot when you're there. That's okay. Like all day. Yeah. Also, also didn't help with the, you know, fit lifestyle. Yeah. That I didn't, I wasn't practicing yet, but like was part of my future. Right. Yeah. The Oracle in you. Oracle in me. So, uh, studied abroad through NYU, even though I went to Michigan because there's a little hack there. I was like, if I go through a different school, all my credits will transfer as a pass fail and not affect my GPA. Whoa. I know. Hacking system day one. I love that. Also met an awesome human while I was there, which is relevant to the story. But um, graduated and actually went right back to where my internships were. I was uh, at Condé Nast. So did my internships in, you know, high fashion, W Magazine. Amazing. Jumped right back in there as a 
sales assistant making $20,000 a year, got a lot of coffee. Killing the game. A lot of pencil skirts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a lot of heels under my desk at one point. Deal. I, those are just things that never were part of any of my internships. Not that I had many internships, but. Listen, you're still young. That's right. We are room still to young. Grow. Yeah. We are still young. Mm-hmm. We can so get you some, some heels under the desk. Sure. Um, but I got to like learn from just high powered, badass, both women and men, learn about the business a little bit. Also, it was 2008. So everything was going down the shitter. So that you got a lot of coffee. Were you an assistant? I was. Do you agree with me when I say that's potentially one of the best? Not you don't, it doesn't have to be starting, but it's one of the best roles that you could possibly be in. I would say it's the best. Right there along with you. I mean, you learn how to anticipate people's needs. I think you just baseline learn client services. You learn hospitality. You get to connect with people at a different level. You get to watch. And I think that a lot of people, which I think is kind of what you're getting to, are like just so hungry to jump into entrepreneurship or leadership or I want to manage people. I, I, I'm a millennial, but I still put in time. Yep. And I still want to learn and you don't get Dues to, are real. They're real. And they set a foundation, right? Like you have to understand, I don't want to say hierarchy, but you have to learn respect in business. You have to learn how to talk to different people at I'll say different levels. You have to know where you sit. You have to kind of take yourself out of your individual and look at yourself within a group. So I agree with I all that so can't much. can't emphasize it enough. Maybe I'm hiring. Who knows? Uh, are you? Potentially, I would awesome. say in the next six months or so. Interesting. Yeah. You heard it here first. Maybe. I don't know. I actually don't Definitely know that. Definitely here first. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Thank goodness. Cool. But yes, I think anyway, it's. Anyway, we took you off. Took no, you off it's. Track. I think that definitely set a foundation. I was there for a year and a half. And also, I learned while I was there that I was just super hungry for more and innovation. I was trying to push the envelope, even knowing my role. And I'm hyper self-aware. So I knew I was at the low end of the totem pole. I was asking if I can get more coffee. There weren't enough menial tasks I could do. I organized the magazine closet. When you're working for W Magazine, it's been around for decades. That magazine it's closet is- a lot of is, friggin' magazines. And it's a lot of organization and there's nothing sexy and nothing cool about it unless you find the July 2007 issue of Brad and Angelina. That Hi, brought you joy. Brought me joy. I got to read whatever I wanted. So um, you learned a lot. I learned a tremendous amount. Also had to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> loved it. Loved the people. I'm still in touch with some of my bosses from there who I look up to, but I needed something innovative. So left there. A friend of a friend was working at Buddy Media. Yep. We're familiar. One of the best tech companies, I have to say, coming out of New York of all time. So 2010, 11, helping brands understand social media, epic SaaS platform um, built off of Facebook and then obviously other social channels. So we help brands understand what to do there and gave them the platform to leverage all their presences. I was a 25 year old who jumped into a project management role and just soared. It was, it was my, I don't wanna say break, but I got to grow and learn thriving. and thrive. And it was a place where I, didn't even realize it, but I could get opportunity to grow. And so within 18 months, I was managing all enterprise accounts it's and sales. Good. And then all of a sudden seeing some money, which feels really good. Yeah. It's very different from making $20,000 a year. <laughs> it's helpful because starting out, it's hard. I mean, unpaid internships, you got to do what you got to do. You take the opportunity at hand. But once it starts to pay off the fruits of your labor, it's lovely. It is. And I think... You, you know that moment. And I remember the deal. It was an Under Armour deal. 
And it was a huge upsell that I helped lead. And there was pressure. I could only wear Under Armour clothing when I went there, which is a whole nother layer. And I remember when that deal closed, I got like the biggest individual chunk of cash that I had ever seen in my entire life. And you, you remember that moment. And it was, it kind of gave me that realization that I want to bet on me because I can do this. So that level of confidence where sure I might be 25 years old and a very young female, but like, I'm really fucking good at this. Yeah. And, and own it. And even more than that, people recognized it and you have to kind of know what drives you, but I love external validation. I love recognition. Everyone likes to be seen. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first place that I was really seen for my ability to contribute in a real way. And so Buddy Media is the big break for me. That's awesome. We um, ultimately sold to Salesforce.com 2012 for close to a billion dollars, which was awesome. Very nice. Very nice. A lot of my friends did very well, which is really fun to see. Laz I, was actually in the office last Friday. I mean, he Just started it all. Uh, yeah, fun fact. I, I alluded to the, a fun fact uh, in previous episodes. This actually is a fun fact. We're sitting in VaynerMedia right now recording this. VaynerMedia started in a conference room at Buddy Media in 2009. And they were gracious enough to let us, and I wasn't there at the time. I came probably six months after in 2010. But they let a bunch of people cram into their conference room and run a social media agency with a guy yelling into a camera about wine. So pretty cool. Who was that? Gary Vaynerchuk, who's one office that. down right now. Mm -hmm. Wild. Yeah. Well, what a time so to be recently, alive. recently cousins at this That's point. Right. Yeah. Basically the same yeah. company. Family. Since Funny Family. Me doesn't exist. This is my home. Family. I'll move in <laughs> next door. Uh, great, 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 great ride. We had an amazing time. They did an amazing job hiring like-minded people. So I actually like made some of the best friends I've ever had in my entire life awesome. from there. And we also have like-minded needs. And this was the point in my life where, you know, following working in Condé Nast, which was high fashion, started to fall in love with a balanced, healthy lifestyle. So it wasn't as many burgers and beers. It was a little bit more, let's go to the gym and let's make a healthy veggie burger and, you know, watch The Bachelor with like all my 16 roommates. <laughs> and then it was a constant choice though. Like, am I going to be social and go out for burgers and beers and consume a ton of calories? Or am I going to go home and invest in myself and be super, super, super boring? And so Buddy Media was actually the first time that I was introduced to boutique fitness. And it was through my colleagues. We started to do classes together. Mm -hmm. What so, was your first class? Do you, is, did it stick out at all? Or, or my what first type boutique of fitness workout, class was definitely SoulCycle. And Classic. I forget this fun fact but my brother actually got me a gift card to SoulCycle and it came with a bandana at the time. And I had first like just fell in love with my local gym and doing classes there and spinning there and doing personal training there. And SoulCycle was just was super intimidating to me. I'm a former like pretty chubby human who dropped a bunch of weight post-college. And so I didn't think I belonged there. But with the support of my colleagues, we went and let me be honest, I fell fast and hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. I'm glad it was sooner and that it actually wasn't that catastrophic because we had a bit of a double insurance policy, which was nice. Unfortunately, the audio version of the Tartar project cut out, but we have the video audio. It's a little rough around the edges, but still there. So sorry, but I'm not sorry. Here you go. And hard. 30 pack, 30 pack, 30 pack, same, same t-shirts. I'll pay more for a t-shirt, but I can't live without the t-shirt. 
So it was a huge part of my life. I also dabbled in quite a few other different types of boutique fitness studios, and we would all try new things together. And the best part was that afterwards, we'd go out for like a sweaty dinner. And it might involve a glass of wine and like maybe some sushi grade tuna that was unbelievable. Maybe. Maybe. But it was, um, it was just the perfect balance of social and wellness, and I knew it was a big part of my life for a long period of time. Now, Bunny Media sells. I move on to a new tech company called Olapic. Which, quick sidebar there, um, eighth employee, first female. Nice. Three guys at a Columbia Business School had. Or not nice, because that, that can be brutal too. It had its brutal moments, particularly when you're you know, the only female on an all male team and they like to talk about things like the Fisheries of Grey and um, like the bathroom situation wasn't great, but I was able to make a big impact there, which is always beautiful. and build a really strong team, and I love the technology. So, you know, coming from Money Media, I learned that marketing is everything, and that people are everything, and we were thought leaders, and we did some stuff really well. Olapec had a completely different set of, you know, problems and opportunities. Their technology was super, super, super sticky. So basically, like, collecting Instagram photos and help brands power that through e-com. It was on every single product detail page for our partner. So our retention rate was close to 100%. But we had no marketing, we had no brand, and so coming from Buddy Media, it was really frustrating. It was a right. huge just disparity. Ultimately, Olympic sold for about 130 million to Monotype. Totally different world. But I started working there, and um, unfortunately, it started to not feel so great. Middle of her back was really bothering me. And you know, like most 25, 26 year olds, I was like, well, I just need to do more yoga. Right. Right? I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong. I'm just sore. I'm doing everything right. I'm working out. And I'm young. I'm young, working out. I think box jumping on Tuesday sounds like a great idea when yeah, I'm sitting at for 12 hours a day. No problem. I got this. I'm like an athlete. Are you kidding? That's right. Yeah, everyone's like, you got to buy an athlete. Yeah. Nike. I mean, right. So, sure. Uh, so <laughs> finally, I was like, I'm taking six out of every six hours. Like, this is terrible. I'm this is a doctor. Three hernia discs in my lower back. How does that happen? Is that something that they can reveal? Is it from the seated position that you were in for a long time, just grinding and, and being a badass? Or it's definitely just from grinding and being a badass. That's right. Um, I've I wish there was a quick answer on it. I think it's likely a combination of factors. I'm a pretty tall human. I have. You are taller than me. <laughs> I have. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot about myself over the years. I'm pretty like flexible and bendy, which means that like maybe I don't always have the right amount of attention when I'm doing things. That these are things you learn after you have major yeah. injuries. But I'm also probably sure that I was aggressively dancing on a spin bike. Right. Yeah. And I had no 30 tech after 30 tech. Yeah, and I was like, I, Whitney came on and I don't even know how my feet stayed in the straps. Like I just I don't know how they stayed clipped in yeah. given how I was, you know, dancing on spin bike. So I'm totally sidelined. I'm frustrated. I had, you know, fell in love with a healthy lifestyle and being fit. It was such a big piece of your life. Like you were saying, your closest friends, and you would go to a class, enjoy this lifestyle, enjoy the food after as a whole event, and now it's almost kind of taken from you by these three asshole discs. Asshole discs. They're just pure assholes. And um, I hate them, obviously. Yeah, but I tried to rehab them. Yeah, I, and I was like, okay, this is part of me now, right? You gotta love your body. Mm -hmm. And, okay, well, how can I 
workout. What can I do? And the doctor was like, no low impact workout. No more, no more spinning, no more box jumping. Be really careful with what you're doing. Certainly no running, because you know, whenever, whenever you like start to feel fit, you decide to start running. Right. Feel maybe comment on. <laughs> or, I mean, I was kind of the inverse. I was running, but wasn't totally as fit as I could have been, I guess, because diet matters too. What do you know? It, it sure does. Oddly enough. Running for me was always a fit people run. So I started doing it a little bit, but wasn't oh wait, didn't always feel great afterwards. So right. this was, you know, a really easy, okay, no more running, yeah. no problem. <laughs> I need to do this. <laughs> but also walking isn't gonna help me achieve my goals, and I also liked it for stress relief. Mm -hmm. I like to crush things. Yeah. I like to sweat aggressively, and I gotta be honest, I don't like to feel sweat the next day. Not always the Just best. Job well done yeah. Thing. Also like a reminder that the time I cut out of my day was worthwhile because my arms feel it, or yep. my abs feel it, yeah. and it's such a basic bitch mentality, and I now know that that's like totally not completely indicative of a good workout, Right. but I still want it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want what you want. You want what you want. Consumers still want that. That's right. So, totally sidelined, totally frustrated, angry, like in the boutique fitness world, all there was was Matt Pilates, which, you know. You guys are all saying you know me for like maybe 12 minutes and you can probably already tell it's not going to work. And I was like, okay, well, what else is out there outside of beauty fitness? What is a low impact, high intensity workout? And rowing kept coming up along with cross country skiing and swimming, which both have really not accessible. Right. For many reasons, but also like no one's getting in a pool, especially not with this hair. Yeah, I still don't think people swim. It's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, Amazing workout when you can, you should, and if you like that, God bless, don't stop. Yeah, I sink. So okay, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's part of it too. Problem. Yeah, sure. I, I have a world of aquatic issues, but and I. Interesting. Not, we've been on a boat together. You can bring that up. That's right. <laughs> well, I didn't get in the water. Right, but I would have to save you. Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely, or or Roger, whoever was commandeering the ship <laughs> at the time in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With fun, another fun fact. I'm mm -hmm. just filled with fun facts. We actually met on a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which we both attended, along with 67 other individuals for uh, the gentleman Mike Bosch's birthday party. It was a birthday bash. Um, I had met Mike Bosch at a dinner with another gentleman called Aaron Greenwald. Uh, I'm not sure if you're friendly with Aaron, but he's a phenomenal human being. I spoke with Mike for all of 15 minutes, and he invited me to his birthday party in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I said yes, because I never thought I would get another white glove view of Tulsa, let alone Oklahoma, and boy was it a fun trip. It was a great trip. And we became friends, we so did. like, super bonus. Yeah. There were so many great people on the trip. Amazing people, and no direct flights. No direct flights. And we all still like each other, which That's is right. just the most shocking piece of all this. And we had that disaster trying to get home. Disaster. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, Tulsa is great. Highly recommended. You should all go if you have an opportunity. Yep. Maybe uh, your direct flight's coming soon. That's right. I, I heard that through the grapevine as well. Do you have some great recommendations for like activities? Absolutely. Down there. Yeah. We, we have the keys to the city, so if you're headed to Tulsa, it's a phenomenal destination. There's, you know by now that I'm sarcastic, Elaine's sarcastic too. Yeah. This is not sarcasm. True. It's a, it's a fucking great town. Great town. Anyway. I'm hoping there's a city right there soon. Oh. Um, yes, we totally digress a little bit, but I'm sitting there in 
what is it, 2012, 2013, and I am totally sidelined from my life, and I'm looking for something out there that's going to give me results, it's going to be really high intensity, but also this low impact thing that I need. Gotta be sore, though. Gotta be sore, and I want to see results. I want to really know that I'm challenging my body and pushing myself further, and obviously, you know, losing weight if I want to. So, you know, this rowing thing that kept coming up, finally one day, I'm like, if this is actually as good as everyone says it is, why is there nowhere to do it? And I answered my own question in the sense of, well, it's kind of for like CrossFit dudes and, you know, Wingleboss rowers in Princeton. And it's not me and my friends wearing, you know, fancy leggings and really chic ponytails. That was my most basic assessment yeah. of it. Looking at the market. Looking at the market, but I'm also, I, there's nothing for me. And so I think, okay, well, what does this thing need? It needs to be made sexy and cool and mainstream and accessible for the general population. And to do that is going to require a little bit of work, but I think it should be done. I think I'm the right person to do that. So that was the beginning That's awesome. of City Row. Quickly realized rowing was hard. Um, and for those of you out there who have tried, you also know that it's a power exercise. It's actually like a deadlift that you're doing repetitively. And it's part of what makes it so amazing. You're using 85% of your muscles in every single stroke, but you probably shouldn't row for an hour, especially if you haven't before. And so I thought to myself, okay, we've got this unsung hero of the gym, and it's ripe for a hit class. Let's pair it with personal training style work off the machine. I've always loved personal training. Again, love feeling sore the next day. We all have a little bit of ADD. This class needs to go by really fast. So let's pair this amazing thing with personal training style work off the machine. It'll be a total body workout, super fast paced. We'll gas you on the rower, get you on the mat. When you're gassing the mat, we're getting back on the rower. And from what I'm learning and some experts that I've talked to, this is going to be the perfect way to challenge your body and lose weight. It's also going to be really scalable for all types of people. So you can be in class and you're going to be pushing to a really low split time and you're going to get in, say, 30 push-ups in 30 seconds. And I'm going to be, maybe I'm working a little bit of a higher split time today and I'm going to get 15 push-ups. We can all do one better the next time. And Absolutely. so that was the idea behind City Row back in 2012 and 13. Wow. Mm -hmm. Where was the first, well, actually, before that, do you have a co-founder? or how, how did you even get started once you identified you know what, this is going to be a thing, talk to some experts, you have the curriculum, I, I, or is there a different... Yeah, no, it, it was a whole journey, so yeah. I think, it was first I was like, okay, there's, I see an opportunity, and I want that, I really want that, it's going to solve something for me, I started talking about it, and it was, I had to first validate and assess demand, is this just something I'm going to want, right. is it my situation, or is it something out there, but everyone I talked to said, oh yeah, that'd be great, rowing is really challenging, I'd love to try it, when? So it wasn't an if, it was a when. Yeah. And then was it was promising. So that was great. And then I talked to a few friends. And the more, I just, the more people I started talking to about it, the more I realized that so many people were chasing a six pack in their 20s and 30s and trying to live this super healthy, balanced, wellness lifestyle. And a lot of people were injured. I didn't realize that, right? I fell into that bucket, but almost everybody has something. A knee thing, a hip thing, a shoulder thing, everyone's got a thing. Yep, I have a shoulder thing right now. Of course you do. Yep. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's okay. It's, yeah. it's from, um, shoot, yoga pose. Uh, turn, turn over your dog. Mm. Yeah. I don't have good arm mobility, I found. Well, I've actually, it's not something I discovered recently. I know that I don't have it, and I haven't noticed it yet. And it just didn't work out. about that offline. Great. 
guess. Cool. Um, but everyone's, everyone's learning about their bodies and they know that they have limitations. So I knew that there was room in the market for something that was going to deliver results, but also keep your body really safe for life. So I actually didn't mean to start a rowing studio. I meant to start a smart way to work out and get results. We happened to use the rower. Yeah, that's medium. And I tell all of my franchisees that if they don't get that, this isn't going to work. Yep. Because our why is not rowing. Our why is smart fitness, and we happen to use the rower. And listen, we'll, we'll, if there's a rowing revolution, we're going to run that all day long. That's right. There is a rowing revolution, we're leading it, but <laughs> yeah. you have to understand the why. Yeah. You really no, do have to understand the why. Um, so that was uh, you know, the early idea behind it. And to assess demand, I actually went to a fellow buddy media of, um, colleague of mine who had started his own company called Spinback. His name's Dan Frank. He sold his company to Buddy Media. He ended up being my boss at one point. And he's a serial entrepreneur who I went to and I was like, okay, Dan, here's what's happening. What do you think? He said, yeah, yeah, Elaine, this is great. This is awesome. This is going to be the next soul cycle. Let's do a pop-up next weekend. And I was like, whoa, okay. Next weekend. Thanks so much. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you for your enthusiasm. I really appreciate that. A couple of issues with that. How else might we be able to assist demand? Because I just don't know how to do that. Yeah, I think I'm pretty capable as a human. <laughs> And he said, okay, well, how about just kind of collecting email addresses? So that's very doable. Had a few friends just help me out for no compensation at the time. Help me build a website. Let's Great just friends. throw it out there. And, you know, people like to help people. They really do. And that was a moment in my time, in my life where I realized that I had an amazing group of people around me who were going to help me rally through whatever problems came out. And so we that's so empowering. It also helped me validate because there's going to be long moments during any entrepreneur adventure and to have people around you that can lift you up when you're not having a great day is one of the most important things you can have. Definitely. As you're starting something. And quick question while we're on that topic. Uh, in episode two of the Tartar Project, I had a lovely woman and entrepreneur on. Uh, her name is Michelle Romano and she feels it's very important for your circle to consist of a good chunk of entrepreneurs, if not all entrepreneurs, did your initial support system, was it made up of entrepreneurs or were they just close friends that have your back and would see you through thick and thin and ride into the night with you? A combination. Cool. But now that you're saying that, I'm trying to think back, I gravitated and I listened carefully to the entrepreneurs. And I remember talking to Laz about it, and I talked to Dan about it, and I talked to Cass about it, and I tried to talk to as many successful entrepreneurs as I could possibly find, just to also help me understand, right? It's not what you don't know that scares you, and my CEO always says this, it's what you don't know you don't know. Right. And I'm actually a very cautious person by nature, and so the, the notion of you know, quitting my really fancy job running, you know, client service and sales for a hot tech company to start, I'm sorry, for retail business, was in a field that I knew nothing about, was totally crazy. So I do agree with the point of needing a really strong support system and that entrepreneurs, they're going to give you different kinds of advice. Now, I think your close friends and your family who are going to be your unwavering belief system are important at times as well, but you're not going to necessarily, I don't want to say want their opinion on things, but you're going to digest it differently. And sometimes you want someone who you think could also tell you no. Right. Totally. So I do agree with that. Amazing.
So decided if we can get 300 people to just like sign up for this thing, then that was enough. So rallied my crew around me, threw up a quick website, just said, sign up here for the next big thing in group fitness, probably use some kind of like stock photography. And the plan was let's get some demand. And then if it works, I'll figure out how to get space and how to actually build a program. But this is a step one. Unimportant. Unimportant. Threw it up and it quickly took off. I literally just posted it on Facebook and had my friends post it on Facebook. And this was, you know, Facebook generation, probably February, 2013. And all of a sudden people were asking, okay, when's this opening up? Well and good, picked it up. Yeah. They did an article on it. I remember the article went live on like, actually probably like April 4th or 5th, which is today. And that's very strange. But I remember distinctly I the, that's weird, um, <laughs> the moment that the tweet came through. Because, you know, obviously I was running all the social media channels, yep. which had 12 followers on it. <laughs> but Well and Good did, comp, like, you know, they did tag us in the tweet. And I saw it pop up on my phone and I was getting out of the subway and I freaked the fuck out. Because to me, that was like, well, it's out. Yeah. The news is out. I haven't yeah. even started it yet, but everyone's going to know. And I'm going to get fired. Uh-oh. Obviously, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Nobody at work had any idea what was going on <laughs> whatsoever, which, you know, as things started to roll, I don't know how to start a company. I didn't read a book on it, but I got a piece of advice, which I would give anybody starting a company. There's not a moment. It's a journey. And you have to keep making decisions to move the company forward. And those decisions range from small to large. And for me, launching the website was one of them. I remember engaging a lawyer was another one. So I put in the first $25,000 into the company. Good thing you were good at your job before that. Good thing I was good at my job beforehand. I saw it all into City Row. I got the opportunity to take it all into City Row. Thanks to Buddy Media and Under Armour. Thank you. That's not a sponsored post at all. And we... Finally, and I say we because I had a rally, you know, a crew around me. I decided I was gonna, you know, get get checks, like the big checks. And yeah. That was a very big deal. So yeah. round up some investment. It was time. It was time to get a bank account. Right. And to me, that was like a very big step because I didn't know how you got the big checks. I had little checks. Businesses had big checks. So we have ahead of our DBA. You know, I was gonna actually. The original name is Row NYC. So that's what the website was. Row NYC, sign up here. Yep. The checks I got, I remember it was probably a nice May, June day, and I was in the Lower East Side because our shared office space was projective space on Allen Street. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was nasty. <laughs> nasty, but good dumplings. Yes, good dumplings right around there. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I remember standing on the corner. I'd just gotten the checks, and my lawyer called me. This amazing entrepreneurial lawyer. If you need someone, let me know. I'm happy to connect you with Jared. Okay. And he says, hey, Helene, I have some not so great news. I'm trying to file the trademark. And turns out there's a nonprofit called Row New York that is not thrilled with our use. Oof. And I had like literally just come from the bank. And in retrospect, like this is so not a big deal. But like to me, I picked up these checks that say Row NYC. What, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, now I can't start the You're company. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And I stood on the corner and I cried. I get it. I cried. I mean, well and good covered it. And I was written up in the press you already. already. Blew up. Yeah. How are they going to know that we've changed our name? Yeah. So, you know, another moment where I just, I totally freaked out. And then I realized, okay, it's time to solve a problem. One more decision to move the company forward. 
rallied my friends. And I distinctly remember I made a Google Doc with different names and I invited the people. So quick sidebar, I think one of the reasons that I've been able to get this far in my kind of leadership or management style is I'm very much a quarterback. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. And I know which people can help fill the holes. So I remember distinctly telling and asking my friends, Ashley and Danielle, hey guys, I need a new name. I need you to help me brainstorm. And the two of them, plus a whole slew of other people, rallied around new ideas. And City Row was the winner from that. And I would not have gotten through that without them. Definitely. It's all about the squad. That support system. It's also, it's super interesting that you pointed out that you had the self-awareness to know that you're definitely more of a quarterback. You know how to architect a team and just had a loose idea around that. And that's super valuable. And that's tough to teach. I am not that. And I know that. Uh, which I think is why I work with Gary so well, because he is most certainly that. <laughs> but if you give me a task to do, I'm definitely going to execute the shit out of it. Um, but so you I think know. that's super important. Yeah, it's just I know. important to You know. just got to know what you are. You do. So um, had had a, a fun little blip in that May, June 2013. And once a bunch of these ducks were in a row, and we just kept on getting leads through the website. Again, this is like, before I really knew what paid media was, it was all organic, all press. We started to get you know bloggers coming in and asking to take class. I was like, I don't even have a studio. I don't have an, I don't have a trainer. I just had this idea that I think might work. And so now it's time to start making some bigger decisions. And I've been looking for real estate for a couple of months. Quick sidebar, funny story, as I was looking for real estate for the company while also looking for a city row. And I remember one morning early before work, I went to see a space and we saw like the fourth floor with this guy and they're like, okay, great. And you know, I'm obviously super nervous. I'm doing a side hustle. Yeah. Complete side hustle. No one knows. I made the decision to keep it all a secret because they didn't need to know. I was still doing a great job, my old job. Yeah. Then later in the day, we're kind of down to the final three sites for my tech company, Olapic, and I'm touring with the three founders. And they had set it up at this point, and we go back to the exact same building at 3 p.m., same broker who had seen me that morning, I'm in the same clothes, and we toured the space for Olapic, and I am shitting my pants. Totally. Because this guy could totally out me in front of- And you didn't have the opportunity to do the quick sidebar, be like, hey, pal. No, and this guy also definitely wasn't gonna get a quick, like, hey, by the way, DL. Like he wasn't going to get that. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of rolling with it. And I was like, oh, nope, I have a twin. You know, I was like ready to go all kinds of different directions. (laughs) Me? Today? Her name name is Rachel. She looks Jewish. I don't even like rowing. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a moment that I definitely remember. But um, back to real estate, probably the hardest part of the entire process, even with our franchisees now, is how are you going to find a space? And then you're going to go sign your life away. So I looked for a really long time. My brother actually helped find this space. He works in TV. They have a lot of time off. Yeah. So I was like, you should help me find real estate. I don't know why you said yes, but 15th floor office building in Union Square. I knew we had to be in Union Square. Mm-hmm. Location, 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 even if it's on the 15th floor. So hustled this landlord into giving us a space. I pulled out all the stops, Phil. And that was the hardest part before we opened. It was Labor Day weekend. It was my birthday. And then it was like <laughs> the Jewish holidays. I remember negotiating on Yom Kippur. My mom was going to kill me. Right. But this was it. And this was the make or break moment. And it was getting really tough to negotiate this commercial lease, which I'd never done before. It was very scary. And this landlord is 
terrifying and he's bullying me into just signing it immediately. Oh yeah. I can't afford a lawyer. Done it a thousand times before. Yep. Oh, here's this like good guy guarantee. You're going to sign it personally. I had to learn what that was. Turns out it's actually great. Always sign one. But it was terrifying. It was a terrifying moment. Yeah. And I thought the deal was going to fall through many times. And it also stays terrifying after you sign because you're on the hook for like a decade. And I went through it. And again, I'm a fairly conservative person by nature. And my thinking was worst case scenario, I'll just become like a yoga studio. Yeah, no problem. Or like maybe a shared office space. Yeah. I could have been I could have been the first we work. You never know. That's right. So we uh I say we. I think at this point I'd really kind of figured out among that crew and that initial like support system, people would were standing out. And a friend of mine from Buddy, Ashley, we have very complementary skill sets. We were like best friends coming out of Buddy Media. She's the person I went to for confidence and when I needed a little extra boost. And to kind of get me through some of the moments and the decisions, it was terrifying. But I also knew that she was a very rational human being where I could be a little bit, um, a little bit more of a, a fast mover and like not consider everything. So if I had Ashley saying yes, it was like that vote of confidence that I really needed yeah. because she's, she's either crazy too, or we're right. Or both of those things. Exactly. And I remember we took a walk on, uh, it was on the east side, like up by the river. And I remember telling her, Ash, if we don't get this location, I don't know if I can carry on. I'm fried. Yeah. From trying to figure out where this is going to be. And You're luckily, also working two jobs. That is a, side, a little sidebar. Yeah. yeah. Hustling two jobs. Hustling two, two jobs. Two startups. Which if we want to sidebar on that for a second, I, um, I didn't actually quit my job until the day we opened City Row, which was a huge mistake. So during those, since I signed the lease through towards, uh, signed the lease probably in September, we started construction, which was basically having uh, one of our investors just help us move some walls around. I did not do anything. Well, you're back. Well, obviously I would have loved to like spackle something, mm -hmm. but. But just the doctor. Uh, yeah, the doctor. But like, I didn't even think about layout. Like I had my friend who's an architect like help me think about where to put a wall. But like, we were so naive and it was like, it's so comical to this day. We like moved conference room glass doors to become the windows at Union Square. So we didn't have to pay for anything. We yep. probably spent 50 grand, didn't do any soundproofing, which, you know, came to bite me in the ass later. Yep. But everyone helped me and I still hadn't told work. It was pure side hustle. And so I would like, do like tons of work in the morning. I'd pop out for lunch for something and I would do it at night. And then I would like fall asleep with Excel open on my computer. Total side hustle, had no friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky some of them made it through that right. difficult time. <laughs> but I had a lot of guilt and anxiety around the fact that I was doing a side hustle. And is that why you say it was a massive mistake to not quit sooner? Or is there an even deeper? I, lo I loved my tech company. And I think not everyone has the luxury of this, but had I not had this crazy idea and probably the insane drive to actually execute it and carry it along, I would have been really happy in my job. I loved SAS and I could have, you know, not to toot my own horn, but like I probably could have continued on and had great jobs in that role forever. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends that are doing that now and they're still really happy. So there was a little bit of stress around that of, you know, what am I doing? Sure. At the same time, there was a, a sense of worth. Am I giving enough to, to Olapic? That's what's paying my salary. I had to constantly repetitively tell myself that 
I was doing an amazing job there. And I was. They had no idea. Right. Just turns out I could do that job with my eyes closed and it would require a fractional of my attention. Which is great. It's a blessing. It's not the case for everyone. I was very lucky. But I got a review like a week before I quit. And it was a glowing review. And I got my full bonus, which is really why I stayed. I think everyone has their own circumstances. But yeah. I knew if I was to take crazy risk and not take a salary, I had to get this yeah. bonus. And I couldn't need risk it. need a war it. chest. need a war chest. And I believed in my company, my founders, and I didn't think that they would screw me on the bonus. But at the same time, I couldn't take the risk. And right. so that stress and anxiety over like that Christmas break was, I, I don't actually know how I survived it. And then I quit like on January 4th and we opened on January 6th, 2014. And they had no idea, which like is still shocking to me. But they tried to get me to stay, and I was like, "No, no, I can't." No, and they were great about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we hope we hope everyone goes on to do this. We just wish that this was three years from now. Sure. And um, I gave them a month, with, which I also shouldn't have. Like that was guilt. Like who cares about them? You're gonna move on. This is about yeah. you. And mm -hmm. I I wasn't mature enough to get there. Um, and unfortunately, during during that month, my back ended up getting really bad. I think stress, stress. does impact, and one of my discs like ruptured on Memorial Day, or Martin Luther King, and it got really bad over the next two weeks. So I'd started this brand new company and I had back surgery on February 14th. Amazing. January, or February 14th, uh, 2014. So that was a, the, a really fun first six weeks of opening the company. Yeah, not stressful at all. Not stressful at all. Luckily I had great people around me and I had, I had reconnected with a friend of mine from study abroad in Madrid who I found on a website, like as one of the best trainers in New York city, she was an awesome yoga instructor. We reconnected. She was like, I love this. How can I help you? I'll show up day one. And I was like, no, Annie, I'm actually thinking that I need you to like, I don't know, um, do the programming and hire all the instructors, maybe teach all the classes. What do you think? And for some reason she said, yes, she's still <laughs> with us today. Thankfully, um, She's our founding trainer. And she, she carried, she carried us, especially in that first month and a half. And our COO, Ashley, who was still working a full-time job also helped out. I mean, people were working shifts. My friends would work the front desk. Like if That's you and awesome. I had, had met then I would have been like, Hey Phil, what are you doing on Saturday morning? Will you take the eight to 12 shift and you can jump in and take a class during the time? I would have. You would have. I still All my would. friends did. I still would. I mean, after if, a while. If something happens, if everything goes to shit at City Row and you lose every front desk person, I'll still do it one time. Thank you. I actually think you'd be fantastic. Thank you. I thought I was really great at it. But, I wish I could. Is there a but? No, I was oh, actually okay. really good at it. <laughs> I, I just don't need to do good. it anymore. And I don't know how to use the front desk systems as well as I used to. Fair. But I definitely hustled that first year. Absolutely. All my friends did. You really, really need a crew. And it wasn't even just shifts. Sometimes we had no one in class. And I'd be like, I need you guys to take class. Yep. And I just pulled up some emails a few days ago because I'm trying to build out the right program for our franchisees. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, like daily emails to my friends about what was open the next day or where I needed people to fill classes. Yeah, please. And it's like, it's your friends, also like your tier two friends and your friends of friends who yeah. like want the free workout. Network expands real it. quick. Real fast. Um, but those first few months were just insane. I think the recognition beyond your immediate circle and people kept coming back and it wasn't just my mom. Yeah. And they got it. Like people got it. It's very validating too as yes. the founder. It was the validation that I needed to 
I guess, have a little bit of confidence, right? You're never going to fully feel confident. If right. you do, you're dead. But it was, I was like, this thing could work. We were profitable in our first month, which my dad like really didn't That's believe. insane. He was like, I don't understand, Elaine. Show me, show me something yeah. that is not you talking. And I was like, I don't know. Where, you where's the fuzzy the math here? He's like, where's your balance sheet? And I was like, what's that? Yeah, good question. <laughs> I don't know, dad. Where would I find that? I don't know. Uh, still haven't found the balance sheet, <laughs> but we have a CFO now. Hopefully he has it. <laughs> Part of the team. Part of the team. So um, early on, I was like, okay. You know, I launched very much based off of what I learned, right? We all, you, we all say that we're uh, some of our experiences, and they really do help drive you. And at this point in my career, I was still really young, but I had a ton of experience. And, you know, Buddy Media taught me that marketing was everything, thought leadership was everything, and that people were everything. Olapik taught me that... If you have a product that works, it can be the backbone for that marketing and those people. And so I knew I wanted a product that worked. I, lear I learned that at Olapic and it was just like a deep rooted passion for me. I couldn't have something that didn't like actually work. And to me, work meant delivered real results. Yeah. And so I did no marketing, no branding, no nothing day one. There's no, there's no showers. There's no locker room. It is just a 50 minute class on the 15th floor of an office building. And I thought if, if that can work and if people will keep coming back for that, I can put sexy marketing and branding yeah. and stuff on top of it. And so that was the plan. And, and when was the next location opened? So we quickly, I quickly realized, okay, this is working. How do we take it to the next level? The answer to that was Ashley, our COO, very complimentary skill sets. She came in to this logo is terrible. We're redoing everything. And I was like, okay, but it's kind of working. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So we, we rebranded, sort of looking for a second location. The second location opening was a whole shitstorm. Found a space, super raw, needed a lot of work, but was lower monthly rent. Hired a fancy architect because I liked some of their other work, didn't really realize what that meant. Overpaid for everything. It was a co-op building with a separate landlord. At the final, a totally ran out of money like completely ran out of money throughout all of this. And there was a moment, second location was set to open on like January 4th, 2016, two years later on the Upper East Side, 80th and 3rd. And the night or mm, the night before we had to make a big decision on opening day, we were still waiting on approval from the building to cut a 35 square foot hole in the side of the wall. So things that you have to learn about like real estate and like having a retail presence is you need to have like a, you know, two areas for the exhaust to go like in and out, like, you know, airflow is important. And yeah. you also need like, I could see that ways in and ways out and handicap. Like there's a lot of things that you need, but we definitely needed a way for the air to go in and out. Yeah. So we needed a louver. Mm. It's called a louver. Okay. And they had approved our plans like an early, in an early set, like months before, but at the final hour, they're like, what do you mean you're cutting a 35 square foot hole inside of our like, you know, 200 unit apartment complex. And I was like, no, I'm cutting, a, I'm cutting a hole. And I had to either go against the co-op and cut the hole the next day. Cause this was the final day Risky that we business. could do it to, to actually open. And I had no money. So I had to open yeah, to get more money, <laughs> to get any money in. But by doing that, I was like, I don't know, am I breaking a law? I don't know what's going to happen here. And I remember just thinking, let's ask for forgiveness later. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. They technically already approved this. So I got to take a fucking huge risk. Yeah. Cut the hole. Got a scary legal document. That was the end of that. And we opened our second location. Amazing. And um, it's been a crazy ride since number two. I get that. 
we've uh fast forward i mean you made yeah. a ton of progress thank you off of two locations i mean you. you actually you launched a completely separate essentially business as well so there's the bricks and mortar that you have as city row and then there's also now an at-home component which mm-hmm. is super exciting city row go yeah so 2016 open second location you know constantly trying to push the envelope and see always. what's next always i saw this emergence of digital fitness and you know, fitness in general, our industry is booming like crazy, fast growing. All areas are growing, maybe except for traditional big box. And I was like, okay, so we figure out what our physical retail expansion plan looks like. And then I also see this digital thing. It's happening. We have to play there. And I just know that what you can do in it with, with a rower in 20 minutes is going to be exponentially better for you and your body than what you can do in a spin bike. So yeah. I was like, we're going to fucking go. And so... City Road Go City Road Go in November. We're going to go. And it's awesome. That's and awesome. I have one at home and all my friends have them. And if you can't get to a City Row for whatever reason, you can actually join the community. And I'm very proud of what we've done. It's really exciting. a very short period of time. Super exciting. Thank you. But I mean, with that being said, and that, that actually sounded like this was going to be a negative thing, but it's not. It's, it's a good segue. If you can't get to a City Row that was going to become a little bit easier to get to a city road because there's about to be a bunch more city roads. And I don't know how much you can share and I don't want to push too hard on that, but it's an exciting time (laughs) as Drake and future say, like what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. (laughs) Very big on, on, on hip hop. Um, (laughs) What can you share? I can share Phil. Um, So we decided to franchise, which was a crazy interesting decision, but really cool that I've gotten to meet some incredible people who get to now obviously run a, their own little empire in a Lululemon jumpsuit, which is yep. their personal brand. Of course. That's yeah. What to do. And we have awarded now 50 franchises wow. across the country. So we're going to open 15 this year. <laughs> is that all? That's all. Wow. Um, get ready. Portland, Dallas, West Bloomfield or Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, Boca, San Fran, LA, Which Denver. I assume Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be in the Pearl District. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Carrie, coffee shops there. Carrie's our franchisee out in Portland. She's awesome. She came to our very first Discovery Day, saw us on the Today Show. Wow. And can't wait to get out there. Actually, haven't been to Portland in years. So hoping I can get a good, like, you know, five, six days. Yeah. Obviously, work out, but also maybe like Do some a hike cool. Or something. Yeah, maybe some food. Craft beer. Food, food culture. Yeah. I could I could get into beer for a weekend. Portland's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's gonna be a crazy I can't wait to just get off a plane anywhere. Yeah. And have a city row. That's right. And you know, my and friends not have in, to check a city row yeah, go. Yeah. Not exactly. Because that's taxing. That's tough. It's very it's taxing. Expensive. It is. So um it's pretty cool. Again, like I never meant to start a rowing studio. I really just wanted to offer something that was gonna be a better and smarter way to work out. So it's it kind of like feels a little bit of something on the inside to know that there's going to be an offer out there for people that they can get results that they're looking for and also keep their bodies really safe. Yeah. Safety and first, then teamwork. Exactly. But we're also like, we're just getting a little bit smarter about how we treat our bodies. Like we were talking earlier just about like making sure we're fueling our bodies in the right way. And we're really being really smart about that. And so many people are trying to like limit dairy and maybe more red, limiting their red meat intake and sugar, obviously. And the same thing goes for how we're treating our body when we're working out. If we're going to pound the pavement and destroy our joints in our twenties and thirties, 
probably not going to be able to do much when nurses is in seventies and the generation before us is starting to feel that a little bit. So I want to be able to work out four or five days a week for the rest of my life. And to do that, I got to be smarter in the beginning. Of course. And so it's exciting that no matter where people are or how they want to consume it, we're going to be able to give it to them. That's amazing. This has been incredible. Is there, is there anything else that you want to share about city row or city row go? I think it's really all about the team. I would say, knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then filling in the, the gaps with really hungry, smart people who believe in it as much as you do, if not more, is really only the, way the only way that you get here. And I just couldn't be prouder of my team. That's awesome. You should be super proud of yourself too. Thank you. Very impressive. Two questions before I let you go off into the wonderful Manhattan sunset, which is, it should be around the corner. No, it's pretty bright out right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, the first one, is there any life motto, theme, or guiding phrase idea that you use to just power through and, and execute or just apply to crossroads in your life? <laughs> what is it? Jump in, but the water is really cold. <laughs> and what I mean by that is do it, right? Like, what the fuck are you waiting for? But go in with eyes wide open. Don't be naive and don't think that it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. And I, this is exactly what I told Savannah on the Today Show is that you got to go in, but you have to actually like know what you're getting yourself into. And that's the only way you're going to survive. If you go in here being like, oh my God, entrepreneurship, I get to start my own, I get to, my own hours, my own boss. Like that is actually not what it is. Like turns out everyone else is your boss. You hold yourself to a ridiculously high standard yeah. and you're the only one that's going to get you out of bed every single morning. So know that it is a whole different world and that it's actually not for everyone. And if it's not for you, don't do it. So go in, just go in eyes wide open. I love that. Last question. Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Oh, well, at Helene Knapp or at City Row on Instagram. I'm going to link these in the, in the bio as well. So don't worry about spelling. I got you covered. Oh, thank you. Helene is a little bit challenging. And then um, our website for more info. So cityrow.com, go.cityrow.com if you're looking for some of our digital content. And then uh, if you really need me, it's just Helene at cityrow.com. Amazing. Thank you so much again for doing this. Thank you. We certainly went on a journey together, the first major hiccup in the Tartar project. Thank you so much for both bearing with that and also to Helene for bearing with that as well because unforeseen circumstances, card being full happens. Not gonna dwell on it. The episode was still awesome. The story about City Row and how just asking for forgiveness and not permission. I don't know if I personally would have powered through, uh, cut a 35 square foot hole in the wall of a building, but Helene did, and, and now she's got a budding empire to show for it. So that was amazing. Really teaches you that, I mean, things can be totally going off the rails, almost zero in the bank account. You gotta just power through. You gotta just see your vision through. She did that. She's amazing. Hit her up on any platform that she listed out. I really appreciate you listening again. Comment, subscribe, five stars because you love this. Anything, tell your friends, share this on Instagram stories, tag me, Phil Toronto, Tartar Project. I really appreciate it. And I'll catch you next week.